Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cater joined the show. The potty mouth, we appreciate his time. He takes on Giga Chikatse in the main event next Saturday night from the Apex in Las Vegas. They're going to fight. Brendan Tobin down in Miami. Are you going to fight me? If I tell you, so we've been talking a lot about Max Holloway, because, yep. of course, Max was supposed to fight Volkanovsky for the third time. Now we're going to see who takes place for Max. Would you fight me if I told you that Max has had the better career than his boy, Daniel Cormier? Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to have to fight you on that. I'm going to have to fight you on that. Daniel Cormier going up and getting the heavyweight championship, that's always going to be a solidifier for me. I think that that's... uh. You know, he always had the, the John Jones thing hanging over him, but the fact that he was able to go get that done, I think speaks volumes for him. So I will give him the nod uh, a little bit over Max Holloway, who has also tried to go up and wait and won the championship once wasn't able to, well, they stopped him from making weight. I don't want to just blame it on Max. They said, they stopped cutting weight to go fight Habib. But then the, uh, the other time that he tried it up, he lost to Dustin Poirier. So he was not able to do it. Uh, so even though he has reigned uh, supreme and has been a fan favorite, I give DC the nod. You know who DC is? He's mm. Phil Mickelson. Like he's he'd be one of, if not the greatest, if you know that other guy, Tiger Woods, that other guy, John Jones, wasn't there. Now, of course, you have all the issues with John, so I suppose it's a little bit different. It's just weird with Max because even though everybody knows that Max is one of the best, maybe the best featherweight of all time, people still maybe don't give him his due. Like I like to look at yeah, who have you beat, but also Who's beat you? Because if it's literally the all-time greats, I'm not going to hold it against you. Poirier is a Hall of Famer. Volkanovski's definitely on his way to the Hall of Fame. Defended his belt now a couple of times. Connors essentially already has his feet planted there. That's four of the five losses for Max. I just think that Max is one of those guys that as much love as he gets, he probably still doesn't get what he should. I, I, I think that with him, too, he's just so – I mean, if you wanted to say who's the more entertaining fighter, like if, if I had a choice to watch a Max Holloway fight on a given night or a Daniel Cormier – Give me Max every every day. Like he is, he's so fun to watch. And also just the way he taught he was talking to the broadcasters, a la Floyd Mayweather the last time. You know, he's just he's so cool. He'll point to the middle of the octagon and start throwing. Um, you know, who doesn't like if you don't like Max Holloway, there's questionable you have questionable characteristics as a human being, to be honest with you. That was the cater fight, wasn't it? Why didn't you yeah. ask Calvin about that? Why didn't you balls up and ask Calvin Cater? Like, hey man, what's I, up? I like I don't I, to, huh? okay. I, I asked I asked him about losing. I mean, like it's not you know, I I don't want to I mean I don't want to pour it on the guy. It was a year ago. No, I could have done it too. Uh would you fight me if I told you that Jose Aldo, now that we've seen basically the entire careers play out of Aldo and McGregor, they've probably still got a few fights left each. Would you fight me if I told you that Jose Aldo's had the better career than Conor McGregor? 
Yeah, it's a ridiculous statement. I mean, you know, Connor flatlined him and is, you know, worth gazillions of dollars. Like, yeah, he's lost a bunch of fights. I'm talking on the, about on the in back the octagon. End. I'm talking about who they feed. I'm talking I about saw, hey, you, We saw it in the we're octagon. Just go, you, we're going you knocked him out. We're going, we're going with the 14 seconds that we saw in the octagon. Okay, fair enough. Yes, we're not so gonna I'm going to go our... with the seconds where he got flatlined and put on his face in the octagon and then won another championship in another weight class. Yes, I mean, like, look, I know Connor's been on the down end of it. Don't get me wrong, but like the ride to the top, I mean, that's one of the most unforgettable things in the sport. It's like, it's, it's, you know, it's in the, in the it's, if you're going to look at things that are going to be the most memorable, the story of the UFC, you can't write it without Conor McGregor. You could write the story of the UFC without Jose Aldo. What? You heard me. How did, did I miss something or was he not the only guy that had that belt for a handful of years? What could, are you speaking of right now? It could have been anybody nobody was watching these jose aldo fights back in the day i was there when new jersey when he when he was putting us to sleep fighting ricardo lamas nobody would have cared if you're telling me you guys were somewhere in a back room and he took pictures of you doing something you shouldn't have done because what are you where is this jose aldo disrespect coming from it's not disrespect you asked me you had the better career and you're actually trying to set up for jose aldo it's a ridiculous statement he got knocked out by conor mcgregor and conor mcgregor is a reason that the company sold for four billion dollars Knocked out like uh, Tyrone Woodley did at the hands of Jake Paul, which you said there was no chance of that happening. Um, Brendan Tobin, by the way, Very down in Miami. Sean Levine in Kansas City. All right, all right. You're going to fight me if I told you that GSP had the better career than John Jones. You going to fight me on that one? Uh, Before you answer, would they be 1-2 uh, on your current list? Just out of curiosity, all time? Yeah, John's number one on my list, uh, okay. and I and I would say GSP is probably number two. I would say I would fight you on GSP having a better career than John Jones because John's only en- best enemy has been himself, and you know I, we're seeing a little bit. We saw at light heavyweight of people kind of catching up to him. I mean, like GSP felt like he was hanging on for dear life at the end of his welterweight run. And, you know, he said that he was upset about people with the sport not getting cleaned up. All right. I mean, it's a noble cause. Comes back and he wins against Michael Bisbing, who's still kind of a same guy in his era, but still a, a, a great accomplishment from him. Maybe John will match that up here, winning the heavyweight championship this year. But I don't know, man. I just think that John's so unstoppable when it's, you know, when it doesn't come to legalities uh, in that octagon. He is uh, he's he, he to me is the man and uh, and, and always will be. Couldn't you say the same thing, though? Like, when GSP was kind of get to the end of the line in his weight class, don't you think that's part of the reason why eventually John moved up? Like, yeah, he somewhat cleared it out, but also it felt like the guys were getting a little bit closer where he decided to move up. My words, not yours. Um, I think it's – but but to me, I think that John might be at one of these times in his career. Like, I really do think that John's one of those fighters you do have to motivate a little bit. What does he care about fighting, you know, Dominic Reyes and and Tiago Santos? Like these guys who have everything to gain. He has nothing but another another notch to add. And I just feel like for me, coming up to heavyweight, I feel like we're gonna see the best of because you remember when John came back off the suspension when he was taking out Gustafson again and taking out DC again. Like those are those fights meant a lot to him, and he steamrolled those guys, dude. Brennan Tobin, world-renowned Jose Aldo hater, Sean Levine wow. for a few more minutes You don't have here. to go that direction. You asked the question. Out. Well, you said it, and you meant it, not position. me. Um, if I told you that Nate has had the better career than Nick, would you fight me on that one? No, I wouldn't fight you on that one. Um, I feel like 
it's tough because like Nick has become this dinosaur. Like it's like you you have to tell almost like you're you're fr- and oh Nick Nick Diaz was the was that dude back, back in then. my day. Back dude, in my, you should have seen Nick Diaz. You should have seen him back in 08. It was crazy. Um, but Nate Nate's almost come like he's so beloved now, and it doesn't matter what his record is. I don't even know like if you threw them both up on a jumbotron, like who's getting the bigger pop. I feel like it's Nate Diaz. I don't. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Nate just from a, from a beloved fan standpoint, but I think, you know, maybe you'd look back at it and you'd say Nick has the better resume. Who do you think is the better highlight reel? Like if you're sitting up late at night and going down the YouTube wormhole, are you pulling up Nate or Nick first? I think I'm still pulling up the old Nick videos first. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like that the night that, that Nate beat Connor though, like how crazy was that night? You know, because Connor was on top of the world. You know, he takes this fight on such short notice and gets that done. That was that was one of the most unforgettable nights as a fight fan, and I, and I think that I don't know, I don't know if anything that I don't know if Nick has anything that tops that. I'm scared to say it, but would you fight me if I told you that uh, Manny Pacquiao has had a better career than Canelo Alvarez? No, I wouldn't fight you on that. Manny Pacquiao, oh, really? yeah, Manny Pacquiao is an eight division world champion. Uh, you know the classics that he had back in the day with Marco Antonio Barrera and Eric Morales and the rivalry with Juan Manuel Marquez uh, was an all-timer. He has, you know, he's still, you know, as great as Canelo is, is a pay-per-view draw. Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather was a thing that was a storyline in boxing for literally a decade. We didn't get it until very, very late, which was unfortunate. And it was kind of a stinker. And maybe Manny fought it with one arm. Um, but no, I would say Manny does have the better resume than Canelo Alvarez. I love Canelo. Canelo down here, by the way, partying in Miami this week. Uh, singing at bars, drunk off his ass. It was uh, it was quite the sight. Shout out to uh, Only in Date on Instagram. You can see that video of him uh, singing to a bar full of people. He's living on top of the world right now, Sean. Another guy that's living on top of the world, no doubt, is Jake Paul. And, of course, you always like to spend at least two minutes a show on that guy. So let's go ahead and do it. Let's say that he ends up stepping into the octagon. Let's say the opponent is George Mazadal. As a matter of fact, back up one second. Do you? How sure are you that if he does fight for Dana White in the octagon, that it's George Masvidal and not somebody else? I feel like that's the whole point of it. Like, why? I don't. Okay, yeah, I don't. Just, I don't, just clarify that. Me too. I don't think Dana's gonna do it. Like Dana, if Dana's gonna do it, I feel like you say if you're gonna do it, do it. You're not gonna do this and fight uh, Mickey Gall like I did with CM Punk. <laughs> Like I want to see him go in there with a ridiculous challenge. That's the whole. Well, he's point also not going to fight Conor McGregor. Like he's not going to because if that went south and Jake Paul won that fight, can you? Dana would oh literally walk away god. crying. <laughs> and so would I. Oh my god! I, I don't even. Let's <laughs> let's not even joke. That's that. That would be terrible. But that's the whole point, you know. So no, I feel like if he's going to do it, do it. Like maybe until like what Mike was saying. Mike Bond joined us in the in the last hour saying if he does it in another promotion, okay. I mean maybe that maybe he does that and that lures you know Dana people wanting Dana to sign him even more. But if he's going to go to the UFC, I feel like it has to be for for somebody like Masvidal. By the way, go back and check out the podcast if you can, because Mike Baum was excellent, of course. He talks fighting for USA Today and Rolling Stone and MMA Junkie. Uh, we had on Calvin Cater. Talk about keeping it real, man. Some of these guys like to be buttoned up when they come on TV, radio, whatever. No. This dude, he's, I mean, he's talking. One. I'm like, who would you put your money on? He's talking money. He's talking <laughs> this. He's flying F-bombs. Like, Calvin Cater's that dude. I was a fan before. I'm a bigger fan now. Definitely, definitely. He 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 definitely sold me. And uh, and uh, apparently is uh, not a, not a fan of dude of this whole uh, this whole era of freak shows. Like he's a real one. He just wants to be about it. He's all these people talking on Twitter. You can tell he is not about that life.
when you started asking him, VT, about like staying in and being tough in that Max fight, it reminded me of. So I had money on Cater. I don't know why I bet against Max, but I had money on Cater in that fight. So like the entire time, I thought, okay, he's still standing, so I still have a chance. The same way that I did when Anthony Smith fought Glover Teixeira because I had my money on Anthony Smith. That just goes to show us that sometimes, man, like in these fights, I'm not saying to wave the white flag. That's up to you. But these guys are just too tough for their own good. The fact that Calvin Cater stayed in there in that fight until the cards was just ridiculous. It's psychotic. I can't wait to break that fight down next week. I'm really excited to see him back in the octagon. Uh, it's been too long. It's been too long. But it, which you way know, are you leaning? Which way are you leaning in that fight? I told you I'm biased now. I want him to win. I'm 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 Team Cater now, especially with him. You know, dropping every every bomb that he could. I hope he drops some bombs in the ring. <laughs> I'm sure he will if he's got any left. Of course, for the featherweight uh, main event next Saturday night, Calvin Cater taking on Giga Chikatse. Thank you to all the help that we've had. Jake, of course, producing the action. Tyler and CJ and Drew and my main man out of Miami, Brendan Tobin. I'm merely Sean Levine. That's it for Tapped Out this week. We'll catch you next week. Oh, don't forget tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., FanDuel Game Day with Chris Mack and Jeremy Kahn, of course, right here on the BetQL Network. Take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.